Hey everybody, Zach here. Quick note before we dive into this week's episode. So, for those of you who are not aware, Enrollify is made possible because we have partnered with a select number of organizations to help us produce the content that we produce. And we call these organizations our strategic partners. Well, one of our strategic partners is Element 451. You guys have heard me talk about them before. They're one of the leading CRMs in the education space. They have the power of a slate, but the UX and design functionality of a HubSpot, they're just a really robust uh, operation and platform. Well, Element has just launched a brand new course called the Enrollment Analytics Course. And this is going to be an eight-week-long cohort that is led by Element's Chief Analytics Officer, JC Benilla. The team there has put a ton of time and resources and energy into this course. I know it's going to be fantastic, but they're limiting the first cohort to just 20 people. And this is where it gets even better. So, Two Enrollify subscribers who apply before August 15th will be will receive a $300 discount on the course. The total course is $700, but it gets even better because one of those subscribers will get a full scholarship, and I get to pick who that subscriber is. I will take any and all bribes. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but this is a really cool opportunity. If you have a, a lot of data in your CRM and you're just not entirely sure how to actualize it, you aren't entirely sure, hey, how do I make better strategic decisions with my time? What sort of systems and processes and workflows should be set up to help me make sense of all of this data? Then this course is for you. Again, you don't have to be using Element to get value for this course. So if anyone who has any CRM who wants to make better, smarter marketing decisions with that CRM, can benefit greatly from the enrollment analytics course. So head on over to element451.com forward slash analytics or scroll down to the show notes, click over to that landing page and apply. And if you talk to the team there, if you have any questions, uh, you know, feel free to say that you're an Enrollify subscriber. Uh, that will help us and that will help Element. Or if you have any specific questions about the course offering, feel free to reach out to me directly. All right, everybody, enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy & Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Cruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. Well, Mickey, we've arrived at our final summer session of the summer. Can you believe it? I can't. I can't wait to see the grades on all the exams. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think if you look at it, these successions um, holistically, I think we probably averaged every other week as opposed to every week. But you know, that's okay. Uh, hopefully, it gave folks enough time to digest uh, the content that we shared and um, put some of that into practice. So, you know, just quick plug here, if you have been following these summer sessions and have found them to be particularly helpful, or even if you haven't found them to be particularly helpful, let us know. We want to continue to improve this content. And at the end of the day, while Mickey and I love talking to each other and love brainstorming ideas, our hope is that at least some of what we spout out is, uh, is helpful to, to you in your context. Um, Mickey, what are we going to be talking about today? Conversational marketing and conversational, what I call admissions. 
Okay. So we don't like to use the word term sales. Yeah. But, yeah. The nasty yes, word. But converse, conversational doing the job. Uh, let's put it that way. And and I know you're going to start us off with, with conversational marketing. And I'm hopeful that you started us off with exactly what that is before yeah. we go into how to do it. Because I'm sure there'll be some folks who are like, ah, I think I know what it is. I'm not exactly sure. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure that's out there. Yeah. Um, but But let's just say this. This topic, I think, is incredibly uh, timely because we're getting ready to start shifting gears for fall 2022 or some for some folks spring 2022 and thinking about how we uh, convert prospective students across the enrollment process from stage to stage and and ultimately to have them enrolled this is simply a more or closer to a best practice a and b more efficient and effective way at engaging prospective students. So couldn't, why don't I pause there? Yeah, I couldn't have said that uh, that better myself. And yeah, so what we want to do today, folks, is give you some definition, first and foremost, of what conversational marketing, conversational admissions actually is, what that looks like. And then our hope is to give you some practical examples um, and then also a, a couple of frameworks to think about how you might go about implementing some of these strategies in your unique context. Conversational marketing, like most marketing strategies, conversational admissions like most emissions and recruitment strategies um, can be very robust and you might not be able to do everything at once and that's okay. I think it's more important to understand sort of the thinking, the the theory, the why behind these frameworks and then figure out how they fit into your unique context, understanding sort of the the resources that you have available in, in, your, uh, uh, in your team. So first and foremost, what is conversational marketing? So We'd be remiss if we didn't uh, give credit where credit is due. Uh, the folks over at Drift uh, sort of wrote the book on conversational marketing. And for those of you who aren't aware, Drift, the Drift team actually first and foremost uh, started at, at HubSpot. HubSpot is a uh, marketing automation, marketing attribution platform that has grown pretty significantly in recent years. Many of you are probably now aware of HubSpot. And uh, the folks that actually founded Drift were first at HubSpot. And HubSpot sort of wrote the book on inbound marketing, right? This idea that you could create really, really good, compelling content and then organically attract right, the right qualified, in their case, uh, customers, in our case, students. And inbound marketing has uh, revolutionized how brands think about communications, how brands think about their sales strategies, and that has seeped into the way that colleges and universities think about um, uh, recruiting students, think about sort of like marketing their their messages. And, uh, you know, one, you know, quick sort of like credit to, to inbound here is there's been this significant rise in awareness and desire for SEO in, in higher ed, especially over the past, I'd say, 12 months. And SEO, this idea of ranking for specific terms and topics on Google, um, is, is very much aligned. It's really sort of like the bedrock of good inbound strategy. So anyways, uh, that was a quick little history about, you know, HubSpot, inbound marketing. And then again, the, the point, the greater point being that uh, the folks that founded Drift came from HubSpot, they went off on their own and they said, you know what, inbound is really great. 
customers do buy um, from, you know, first becoming educated around a particular topic, around a particular industry, et cetera. But then once they're, once they're kind of like ready to make that purchasing decision, right, or once they're ready to, you know, seriously learn a little bit more about your, your offering, whether that's, you know, a, a new shoe or in our case, a, a graduate program or an undergraduate student experience, the way that marketers and sales folks, the way that marketers and admissions folks actually communicate with folks, once they're kind of at that consideration stage of the buyer's journey, right, needs to be different. So Drift basically said, look, we believe that the, the way in which people actually buy and sell today needs to be more conversational. So what does that actually mean? What it means is that think about sort of like when you are having a happy hour with some friends and somebody brings up the fact you're complaining about your shoes, right? Maybe it's like you went on a run and you're like, dang, like my feet hurt and I really, I just really need a new, better pair of shoes. And your buddy says, oh, well, hey, have you heard of, uh, you know, Brooks? And um, Brooks have this great new running, uh, this, this great new uh, running line. I really think you should check it out. I've been using them for a while and my feet don't hurt anymore, right? The influence that that just casual conversation has on your likelihood to go and like at least investigate, if not even go ahead and buy a pair of Brooks shoes, is significantly greater than if Brooks were to just be advertising on your social feed or if you were to stumble upon a Brooks ad via you know, uh, Hulu or, or some other sort of streaming service that you might be tapping into. And the, the theory here right, is that word of mouth is just very, very, very powerful. So the job for marketers, the job for salespeople, the job in our case for admissions folks is how do you sort of recreate something as close as possible to almost like a word of mouth conversational format of communication so that one, the buyer, in our case, the prospective student doesn't feel threatened, but feels engaged, right? Feels understood, feels like you're actually trying to help them solve their problem and not trying to just you know, push a particular agenda or read from a particular script. And so really that is the bedrock. That is the foundation of what we call conversational marketing and conversational admissions is this idea that we're trying to simulate as closely as humanly possible as word of mouth marketing on the marketing front and as as casual sort of like a conversation that you might be having with a friend or a buddy about why you should buy a particular product on the admissions front. So that's sort of the rough foundation for what conversational marketing is. You know, the, the language that we use to talk about this a little bit more succinctly is conversational marketing is the method of engaging with current and prospective students via real-time conversations. This style of marketing builds trust with the student through personalized communication and removes any friction that might still exist in your admissions process. So there's sort of the, the quote unquote like academic way of thinking about conversational marketing within higher ed. So any, can I ask yeah, a question? Yeah, questions, comments. Uh, because uh, there's a word you just used that to me, and this is not from what you said, I've, I've heard the word used before in this context and I, I describe it as too vague. Yep. Friction, mm. removing the friction. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> what is the friction in the marketing process? I think we need to know what that is and give some examples of what the friction is in the marketing and in the sales process. Yeah. yeah so if yeah, we yeah. were to remove it, what is it that we're removing? What does it really mean to have friction? I've got I've got a good example for you, and then I, I'm sure you awesome. have some as well. Um, First and foremost, there are still inquiry forms on college and university websites that require you to create an account before you can complete the inquiry form. 
that is that is friction. Meaning, look, I have to go and I have to create an app, uh, excuse me, create an account, right? Oftentimes it's the first step in the application process before I can actually raise my hand and ask for specific information about one program offering or specific information about, you know, athletics at your institution, whatever it might be. That is friction, right? And it's friction because I'm not quite there yet. I'm not ready to start an application. Why do I need to fill out 20 different fields just to ask a question? I should be able to, I have a very specific question. My intent is, is clear. I should be able to get an answer to just my one question in, in, in a matter of seconds. I shouldn't have to wait two days to get a response from your admissions um, folks or your marketing team, however things are structured. And I shouldn't have to give everything about myself in order to, you know, in order to get an answer around, will this particular program align with my career goals? I should be able to have that answer via dialogue in literally a matter of seconds, minutes, et cetera. So I would say that the the schools that still require you to create some sort of account in order to ask, in order to like formally submit an inquiry, that is friction. The schools that require folks to complete a form with more than three or four fields, that is friction in order to ask in order to get a, a, a pretty basic question uh, answered. So those are, those are the, the most immediate questions that, that come to my mind. Um, or I think, I think another uh, example here is when you're chatting with somebody or when you fill out a form and it's like, hey, oh, yes, thank you for your inquiry. Um, I'm not the right person to answer your question. Let me pass you along to so-and-so in this other department. Or, hey, you know what? This, this, this question would be better answered by somebody from financial aid, Let, here's their email, right? Like that, that's friction. Like you're, you're putting the onus on the user, the onus on the prospective student to get their question answered when the student doesn't care who you are. They don't care who's in financial aid. They just have a question. They just need answers to, you know, answers to those questions. You as the brand, you as the institution, it's your duty to make that that process as seamless as possible and passing the buck, passing people to different departments, even though that might be how we're structured, that creates a lot of friction. So that's my, you know, not so quick answer to your question, Mickey, but what would you add or, or you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I, hey, you just gave some good concrete examples. And I think that's, that's important when we're trying to define something using concrete examples so people can better understand it. Um, I, I think that's important. You know, I, I think of trying to picture in my head how my prospective student encounters and engages through online channels for other activities they have in their life. So how do I go search and find information? How do I make a purchase on Amazon? And what are my expectations built around that? And then if I'm looking at enrolling your program and you can't meet those same expectations, you've created friction in my life. Mm. And I have a threshold to the amount of friction I can take before I find some other avenue that can give me the answers frictionless. Yep. And, uh, and if I find that, then I can, you can be guaranteed. I don't give a damn how much you charge me. Sorry for my foul language today. Why I'm just all over the place. Um, <laughs> but I don't care how much your tuition is. I don't have time for the friction. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there is a threshold. And if you don't own it and you don't acknowledge it, you're losing students. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I think what you're, what you're getting at there is, is sort of the conversational marketing framework, right? Which I, I yes. do think is, is, uh, applies on the admissions front as well. And really, I guess the, the idea here is, and, and, and how this is different from just any sort of like traditional marketing strategy or tactic is the framework that we think about with conversational marketing is this three-step process. It's engage, understand, and recommend. Okay. So this idea that like, 
you should not be, you should not assume why a prospective student is on a particular website page, right? Like, yes, if they're on a financial aid page and you've got a little chatbot or a little, you know, live chat feature that pops up, they're probably looking into your financial aid options, right? However, they might have a question completely on, like the question that they that they really are, are after might not actually be present on that particular page. So the the basic idea, right, is that how do you proactively engage that consumer, that prospective student via, again, live chat, via chatbot, whatever it might be, and say, hey, how are you doing? How can I be helpful today? Like, what are you looking for? And then I think that the second step in this is really, really, really important. And I think that this is where enrollment marketers really struggle. And that is the understand step, right? Like you have to take the time. And this is why conversational marketing, I think, and this di- the, the format of it, right? Like the dialogue, the one-on-one dialogue in most contexts is so important is you really need to take the time to understand what is this student actually like looking for? Like sometimes students use words or they say things and they mean different things, right? Like, especially if, if you're chatting with a 17 year old, they just might not be, you know, well-versed enough in terms of how the college admissions process even works to be able to answer, or excuse me, to be able to ask a, you know, a, a coherent question about what they're actually trying to get at, right? So your job, right? if you're doing conversational marketing, conversation admissions really, really well, is to take the time to understand what are you getting at? Like, how can I help you? Um, it, you know, it, are you are you looking for scholarship resources? Because maybe, you know, your link to your scholarship opportunities is buried somewhere in your, you know, long, you know, financial aid page or whatever it might be. And I think that the, the idea is you really want to understand what is this particular prospective student's intent at this moment in time, right? You're not trying to get them further along the journey to enrollment, not necessarily if you're doing this well, you're really trying to understand what is Mickey's intent right now. And then, right, recommend phase three, what can I give Mickey right now in this particular moment to best answer the question he has to best help him um, answer sort of what he's looking for and, and understand again a little bit more about like, how can I recommend something that's actually going to help him where he is right now, not necessarily just push him to where I want him to be, which is, you know, in submitted app category in my in my CRM. So that's uh, that framework is super, super important to doing this this well. And again, I think where most folks really struggle, Mickey, is in that understand phrase. Like we're, we're so scripted. We're so used to kind of like pushing people to that next phase that sometimes we fail to really take the time to understand what the question is that they're actually asking. Well, that's 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 definite um, um, that we don't listen to really understand the question and that the answer we give often, if it's a common question, is our common answer, which doesn't necessarily take into account any of the specific nuances of how that particular prospect answered it. So we give our standard answer to a specific question that the student had, uh, and that doesn't necessarily get to the root of solving the problem. And when you do that, you created friction. Yeah, the F word. I'm gonna hold on, I'm gonna, that's the F word. Yeah. There we go. The title of this week's episode, 
Uh, week six of summer session, avoiding the F word. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I think, I'm, I think we're going to use that. Um, but I do want to, I do want to touch on the fact that like, I know that I, I mentioned, Hey, you don't want to be too pushy and, and you, you know, uh, you don't want to just force people through sort of like the app start or Hey, app yep. complete stage. But at the same time, conversational marketing and conversation, conversational admissions, this, this approach, right. To student recruitment, it actually does shorten your admission cycle. So like the idea is like, if you if you can chat real time with a student, right? Or again, if you don't have the resources to do that, if you can if you can have a sophisticated chatbot, right? Like uh, the folks at, at at Mongoose have a fantastic chatbot called Harmony that does this really well. There are others in the space as well that you could that you could tap into. But the, one of the big benefits here is that you can shorten the admission cycle because oftentimes what gets uncovered in these chats, right? And if you look at these chat like transcripts and, and chat history, um, which we do sometimes for some of the schools that we work with, what you often see is like the admissions counselor saying something like, hey, like, oh, uh, yes, great question. Um, not sure if you saw this email that we sent a couple weeks ago, but that had all the scholarship information included in it. But you know, here's a, here's a link if you want to go check this out. Also, if you want to just start your application, I can help you know, walk you through those first couple steps. And inevitably, people will say things like, "Oh, I never got the email," or "Oh, thank yep. you, I didn't see that." Right? And so it's like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, now they saw it. Now that you've got someone chatting with them, they're like, "Great." Well, here's a quick little Loom video that shows you how to create your application account and start your application, and you shorten the admission cycle. So it does end up happening. It does accelerate the timeline through which most prospects move through the application process. This is especially true, by the way, at like the adult learner and, and grad, uh, prospective graduate student, um, um, uh, uh, target audiences. What we see is we see those timelines accelerated dramatically, right? The traditional student, it, it's still, you know, you can accelerate timelines there as well, but like most of them are on a, you know, tried and true cycle more or less. So, Correct. Uh, community colleges will be slightly different, but your traditional four-year very much yeah, yeah. Um, would, would be on that cycle. But you might be able to move them um, more easily to from st step to the process to the step of the process. So getting those applications in, getting scholarship applications in, um, getting those FAFSAs completed, those things, getting them over that final hurdle, a lot of times I think that could probably be helped and improved there. Um, but, you know, the, you know, as we connect conversational marketing to conversational admissions, you know, from an admissions perspective, Zach, this is actually an easy, there, there, it's easy and not easy yeah, to, yeah. to make this shift. It's easy because, you know, I've, I've, I don't know how many hours, it's in the thousands, I've spent listening uh, to admissions counselors or enrollment advisors or whatever title you have. For your recruitment team, um, having conversations with students, and especially, especially so with uh, folks who've been recruiting graduate students for a long period of time, or if you're a traditional undergraduate, um, and even community college, they're they're usually very naturally gifted conversationalists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're already listening pretty darn well. Where I think the the weakness comes in most often is the closing side, knowing mm -hmm. how to get them to the nudge and and shifting that conversation, and 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 a lot of that it's not necessarily their fault. It is doing things that we did 25 years ago, which is that's a great question. I'm going to let you talk to someone in financial aid. Let's walk 15 buildings over, or why don't you wait another day while I forward this email? to someone and then they wait another day to get back to you. 
that's where we fail in this in this exercise and how do we solve the problem for them there and you know technology certainly can step in and help you know you've got tools with with engagement whether it's chat or email where you can put in snippets you know the, just what we're talking about those questions that the standard the specific question of prospective student answers and you have your standard answer the standard answer from you know from technology standpoint can already be pre-written and all you have to then do instead of writing that 15 line email is uh, put in that 15 line and modify three lines and now you've customized it to that student and boom it's so much faster you can get it in um, or you or you offer uh, the prospective student opportunity to chat um, so that they want to jump on that especially as we look at a different generation of prospective students who are more uh, adept at at using this mode of communication yeah. um, and then training the staff on what does it mean to have a chat? What does it mean to be available? Having a chat on your site and being available for four hours a day, eh, not necessarily going to cut it, especially if two of those hours are between eight and 10 in the morning, sure. not going to work. So, um, you know, I think that um, I think those are just some of the extra little components, but I just want to be sure that when we're, when we're talking about it, it, it's it's initial it's an, an easier initial jump I think for the admissions team because they're already good at the conversation piece. It's just looking at how we design and try to get from point A to point B a little more clearly. It's almost like a coach where you're you're building out a playbook and yeah, you have yeah. that. So this you know that that you know you mentioned drift or you HubSpot. There are playbooks involved, and the playbooks aren't designed to script the entire conversation. Uh, hopefully, they're not designed to script the entire conversation because then it's not a conversation, um, but it's designed to help guide someone, to help someone think critically, to help move that conversation and give the student the best possible answer and resolution to their issue or question that helps them make an informed decision. Yeah, yeah. No, and I love what you said just at the at the offset of um, of your point around, you know, admissions folks are really, really good people, people, right? Like this, this is where they thrive. They thrive in sort of the conversation. They thrive in the in the nurturing, right? And the and the uh, engagement with prospective students. And I think that one of the challenges with like traditional, you know, drip sequences or any sort of like uh, yeah, calm flow really is that you you do you do your best to personalize it, you do your best to make it like engaging and inspiring and whatnot. But at the same time, it it does have to kind of be all things to all people, right? Unless you have very, very sophisticated calm flows where you learn a lot about your prospects before enrolling them in any sort of drip sequence. Most schools don't. Um, or if they have something, they also have sort of just, you know, a standard uh, post inquiry or post app flow. And I think what is so exciting about conversational marketing, and specifically in this particular context, when we're talking about admissions, conversational admissions, is that it sort of brings back sort of the the human element, the, the, the ultra personalized element into the mix, right? So when, and I think that this is also just a, there's a generational sort of shift happening where, you know, Gen Z in particular, they're just more savvy than um, even than millennials were. Definitely more savvy than than Gen X and uh, Gen Xers were, or are I should say. And what I mean by that is I, I mean like digitally savvy. So like they're pretty good at like doing you know trying to find what they're looking for. And one of the things that we're seeing right is that um, 
they're really good at trying to find what they're looking for, but they have high expectations for the ability to self-service, right? Meaning like when I go to a university's website or when a Gen Z goes to a university's website, right? Their goal, right? The first thing that they do, and we've been doing a lot of testing on this is they go to that search bar. Like they want to go and they have a specific question, right? Or they're looking for something specific and they want to go to that search bar and they want to type something in, you know, a conversational tone, um, because that's what, you know, they're used to Google. They grew up with Google. They grew up with getting their questions answered in whatever, you know, language or way or format that they prefer to ask the question. So that same expectation sort of like carries over into, into their website, into sort of the, the, what they expect from brands, right? You know, the rise of texting, for example, like texting is a particular tactic that is associated with conversational marketing. This idea that you can text brands, you can text uh, organizations, and you expect a response, right? And you expect that response to be as timely as you would expect a response from a, a, a friend or, or a buddy, not, you know, three days later. And so this is a, just a long way of saying that, like, what is so exciting about conversational marketing, conversational admissions as a framework for student recruitment is that the tactics that are involved, live chat, chatbots, texting, et cetera, all of those bring back uh, a, a little piece of humanity to sort of the, the admissions process. They make those one-on-one -on -one conversations at scale way more accessible, uh, and they allow for, for personality. They, they allow for the, op the opportunity to, you know, flex a little bit of like your, your brand messaging, flex a little bit about your differentiation within the context of a text message, again, a, a live chat, et cetera. So you're not just like meeting students in the way, that, uh, you know, that they prefer to be met. You're not just communicating with them in a format and through a channel that they prefer to be communicated in, but you're doing so in it with a tone, a specific tone that, that resonates um, to to where they at uh, to to where they're at and and how they speak. So, anyways, um, that was verbose, but that's um, I think that that's just a really really important thing to remember here is that for folks that are people people, right? Conversational marketing is like the best of marketing strategies. And and as we continue that to the admissions piece, I'll just say you know I mentioned the 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 kind of playbooks, and I think that's. Um, a way to continue the conversation that you're already building through the marketing side uh, and having those individualized. And this is where you get to individualization in a more efficient way, uh, conversation to help those students from stage to stage. And if you're prescriptive about that and you dial in to understanding your enrollment process and the stages and have a technology set up to understand where a student is within a particular stage, what is in their mind, what questions they have, and you're giving them the right answers and information, they'll make a decision. And that doesn't mean they all enroll, but at least you know who's in and who's out. And that again, just continues one more way to, to make your team, uh, to provide your team more time to be more effective in their work, because we don't have to worry about emailing or calling or texting or chatting, whatever it is, these 18,000 students, it's these 12,000 students. Um, and again, still a lot, but if you cut down that workload or that list by a third, you really begin to open that door to a much more effective um, conversation with folks. Yeah, yeah, and, and to your point too, just about like scale, right, is that doing conversational marketing, doing conversational admissions well, like you absolutely will have playbooks. And a lot of those playbooks will be will be automated in terms of like, 
uh, a chatbot, at least initially to kind of, you know, qualify the prospective student, ensure that like, okay, get the basics out of the way. What are they looking for? Are they a prospective student? Right? Are they a current student? What is it that they are here for? But then after about two, three, you know, maybe some, you know, four questions, that's when assuming that, you know, their questions aren't still answered, they are handed off to a, a live person and, uh, you know, to, to chat with them. And I think what's important about that is one of the things that we hear time and time and time again is that schools are struggling with points of differentiation, right? Especially, you know, smaller, like liberal arts schools are, are really struggling with uh, how to be different and how to communicate that difference. And oftentimes those schools are strapped for resources like many schools are. And I think that conversational marketing, conversational admissions really had the opportunity that exists here is like you have a, a potential to develop a brand differentiation point around how you communicate. Um, and that really can be enough to stand out among your competition. Maybe you're not going to be able to outspend. Maybe you don't have the kind of facilities that your competitor down the street has. But if you can approach the admissions process in a conversational format, right? If you can speak to students the way that like they are used to speaking to their friends or the way that, you know, in, in ways and formats that they really understand, that's where you have the edge. And that's something that with enough thought, right? I believe that anyone with, you know, regardless of context, regardless of resources, uh, can think critically about our communication style, our communications format, and replicate that, replicate that brand, if you will, in the context of a conversational marketing format. So I want to take and pause for a second and back that up just a few steps. Because I don't, I would disagree and only in the sense that I don't think you have to talk exactly in that same tone. But what what I want out of conversational admissions is I want to knock out all of the all of the talking points, conversations, emails, whatever it is that sound like the same answer you've given 12 times that mm, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I want to stop. Um, and I know it's different in an email than when it's an actual conversation, but you know when you read an email that's that is a reply to a question that is an answer they've given that could be for anybody, for any general question like that, that they've given a thousand times, you know it. And when you, you know, all it takes is any person to go to three campuses and take a tour. And what you're going to hear starts to sound a hell of a lot alike. Mm. Hi, this is Spelman Hall. If you look through the window there on the left, that's Professor Smith. Everybody wave and say hi, Professor Smith. Yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> wave and say hi to Professor Smith. I And I say this coming from vacation. We did some tours and things, not of college campuses, but we did some touristy things. And what what stood out to me is that the folks giving the information were were cute and funny and all of that. But their jokes were even the same jokes they say to everybody all the time. And so, you know, if you're not a comedian, you're not practiced on doing the joke and keeping it fresh. And, you know, while some people are chuckling and some of the things they said were kind of funny, I still knew that it's the same thing. And when you have a conversation with someone and you know it's just standard fare, that doesn't stand out as excellent. And excellence is what's going to win someone over to help build trust and make them feel comfortable with you mm. and to make them want to be with you. And if you don't break through that mold and help folks and ensure your team can take the stock answer and make it customized, if you're not doing that, then you're giving the same old crap that everybody else is giving. And if that's okay to you, that's fine. But if you want to break through, 
That's why I like this approach because it it forces you. Yeah. If you adopt the model, it forces you to break through the same old, same old. Yeah, and and what's so fun about this is it's like I do feel like giving the same answers, right? It it I, it's stale for the admissions counselor as well, right? It's like you when you've answered the same question fifteen times in a day, it's like. Who wants to answer that same question the same way as 16th time, right? So I think that what's also exciting about this as a framework, if you could adopt these strategies in your context, is you actually empower people to think more creatively, right? Like, okay, hey, you can't answer this question the same way when someone chats it to you. What do you say? What do you do? How do you give them the same answer, right, but in a completely different tone and style? And I think that that's fun. Um, and I, I think that that would be a welcomed exercise for, for any team member. But I think, and, or yeah. given the same stock answer, but then throwing a nugget in that acknowledges that you know who they are if you do. So, uh, you know, Mickey emails Zach, Zach, uh, I know I ask this every week. What is our topic this week? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you could copy and paste the answer, insert the topic, the title, and then just add in a line that says, hey, when did you get back from Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. That is breaking through the mold and showing some care beyond that. Now, let's be clear. I don't email Zach every week to ask what we're talking about. It's <laughs> once every three weeks. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but but that's my point. Like it, it's, it's adding that and taking that extra time because the stock answer can be the stock answer in some cases. And in some cases, a stock answer that gets twisted or in some cases, a stock answer that's the same, but at just a nugget end to throw some care and effort to show that you're listening or you know who I am. That, that's what sets you apart. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, sir, I think that that should be a wrap. I think this is great. Let's avoid the F word. Let's avoid the F word. Right. That's going to be the title. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how well, many Well, this has been a great yeah. summer, Zach. I, I'm glad we were able to um, put together these sessions, and I hope everyone listening has, has found some or all of them uh, relevant and helpful. Uh, and I'm looking uh, forward to a busy fall together. Yes, yes, likewise. We will be accompanying you through what will prove to be uh, another interesting fall, I think. Yes. Good luck, everyone, as you kick off fall term. All right. Take care, folks. Hey friends, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you have an idea for a topic you think we should cover on this show or riff on, please feel free to reach out directly to me at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, um, and I will bring it up with Mickey, and we will chat about it on an upcoming episode. So again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, and reach out if you have questions, comments, thoughts, ideas for things that we should be talking about. All right, guys, take care, and we'll see you next week.